This podcast was recorded from our twice weekly live stream. To watch this video or see other episodes of The Spiritual Journalist, head to thespiritualjournalist.com or find me on YouTube. You can find a link in the show notes. Hello, hello. However you're finding this live stream, this podcast, I'm so grateful you're here. And it's really interesting because I wasn't planning on talking about this today, talking about why I left my job in TV news. I had another guest planned for the live stream today, and as fate would have it, they had to cancel last minute. I was still a little hesitant about whether I was ready to explain this to everybody and explain the story behind the spiritual journalist and... I got a very clear message from the universe yesterday that this is what we're supposed to talk about. So let's dive right in. I've always been a deeply curious person, talking with anyone who would listen and soaking in as much information as possible. So it's no surprise my love for storytelling led me to a career in journalism. But after nearly a decade working in newsrooms across the West Coast, I realized I wanted to start asking questions you probably wouldn't see on your local news. So I left my job as a morning TV reporter and started The Spiritual Journalist. This isn't just a YouTube channel, podcast, website, or social media page. This is a live conversation where you get to ask questions too, because I'm not the expert. I'm not here to tell you what to believe. My goal is to connect you with people who have profound experiences and inspirational stories to share. And we'll definitely mix a little astrology in too. So if you're like me, you have this insatiable curiosity and you love deep conversations too, well, this is the place for you. Together each week, we'll explore everything from crystals and tarot to mental health and the environment. There are no wrong questions here. My ultimate goal is for you to come away from each episode with a new perspective and an expanded consciousness. This is a channel for the collective. This is a community for the curious. This is The Spiritual Journalist. So today we're going to talk about the story behind The Spiritual Journalist, why I made this huge life shift and why I decided to start this live stream and podcast. We have lots of people coming in the chat already. Brandy is here. Good morning. Hello from Jerusalem. We have people tuning in from all over the world. Thanks for being here, Jonathan. Patrick, good morning. Tyler, thank you for your support as always. I love that people are commenting to each other in the chat too. That's always so fun. So with every episode of The Spiritual Journalist, I always start with a really quick reading of my guest's astrology chart. That way you can kind of get to know them, maybe see some similarities between you and whoever we have on the show. So I decided to do a little mini reading of my own chart today so you can get to know me, maybe understand me a little bit better. I won't spend too long on this, but for all the astrology lovers out there, uh, this is for you. So here's a look at my chart. Born in Sacramento, as you just saw. I am a Virgo, Virgo sun and Virgo rising. So 
what that means is I'm very detail-oriented. I'm ruled by Mercury, uh, which is why I love to talk so much and why my whole career has been based on talking. My midheaven in Gemini also is very indicative of a career that involves communication and talking. But I have this Scorpio moon down here in my second house, which makes me love those deep conversations. I love to have heart-to-hearts with people. I love to really get into the nitty-gritty of the emotional, understanding why people are the way they are, really witnessing people's shadows. Um, and yeah, I think that's part of the reason I started this show because I realized I wasn't getting the depth I was craving so much doing the work I was doing at a local TV station. So I also have a stellium in Libra, and a stellium is three or more planets in one sign. So that makes me a little bit indecisive, but my Mercury is also in Libra, so I think that helps me speak in a way that's easy to understand or comes across in a nice, eloquent way. At least I hope so. Uh, but my stellium in Libra in my second house has made me realize also that partnerships will bring me a lot of financial abundance. And that's another reason I wanted to create this show in the format it's in, where I'm interviewing people, where I'm interacting with people, because I really believe that partnering with other people who want to share their stories will bring me success. So uh, that's where my Libra placement comes in. And yeah, I also have my Venus in Leo in the 12th house, my only 12th house placement, but I think that's why I have this desire to uh, understand the spiritual, understand religion. I'm really drawn to spiritual people, and I also grew up loving to dance and perform, and so I think that's where that Leo placement kind of comes in. You'll also notice uh, my Saturn in Aquarius coming up on my Saturn return in the next year or so. I'm already feeling it, and uh, probably another big reason why I decided to make this huge life change. I'm in the middle of my Saturn return, and uh, I'm definitely leaning into the technological aspect of Aquarius and restructuring my life around technology and my career around technology. So just kind of some fun little insights about my chart, about my personality, why I am the way I am, and understanding my chart has actually helped me lean into a career, lean into a path that feels more authentic. So that's a little bit about me, and we're going to start from the beginning. I'm going to I'm going to share it all, how I got into journalism, why I got out of journalism, when my spiritual awakening happened or started happening. We're going to we're going to dive deep as my Scorpio moon loves to do. So, let's just start from the beginning, literally the very beginning. I just showed you my astrology chart and I love to tell people that Astrology charts are essentially a snapshot of the sky the very moment you were born. That's why it's so important to know the time, the exact time, and the place you were born. Because it's a very unique snapshot of where all the planets were in the sky the moment you entered the world. And this might be a little TMI, but the story of how I entered the world involves me literally coming out with my eyes open. Um, my gender was a surprise. My parents didn't find out. So as I was coming out, everybody was like, it's looking, it's looking. But I think knowing that is uh, really indicative of my 
deep curiosity. I was just born curious. I wanted to see what was going on in the world around me from the moment I entered this earth. Uh, and someone asked in the in the comments, "Where does your confidence come from?" Well, let me just let me just show you where my confidence comes from. That would be my son in the first house here on my astrology chart. So when you have your son in your first house, it can make you feel really secure in who you are and totally fine expressing your personality to the world. So I would say that's probably a big reason uh, I grew up so confident. I always loved performing. I always loved dancing and singing and putting on shows. I would literally, in the middle of restaurants, do performances for the waiters and the waitresses. I've just kind of always loved entertaining people and connecting with people that way. Uh, and growing up, I was also very talkative, very curious. I always asked questions, probably questions that people didn't want me to ask. I just always felt like a sponge trying to gain as much information as I could. So it's no surprise that I got into journalism as a career. I always did the Myers-Briggs personality tests or any sort of aptitude tests always told me that journalism, writing, speaking were careers that would be a good fit for me. And then when it came to choosing colleges, uh, I applied to, I think, 10 different colleges, Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo being one of them. And that's the only school where you have to declare your major on your application. So I knew I was interested in journalism. I'd been in my middle school media class and done our little TV morning announcements and absolutely loved it. And then in high school, I was an editor on the newspaper. So I always was drawn to journalism. I always loved to write. Uh, and it just seemed like journalism was a good fit for me when I was declaring my major. So long story short, I ended up going to Cal Poly. And from the moment I got there, it's almost like the universe gave me one opportunity after the other to dive right in to journalism. So I had one of my very first classes with my professor, Patty Pyburn. She was overseeing the capstone course for the journalism department where they put on a live newscast every week. And I just asked her, how do I get more involved? And she invited me to come observe the class. So my first day observing the class, they had me run the teleprompter. And then I ran the playback machines. And I just started doing little jobs here and there, eventually blocking out my schedules every Friday to make sure that I could come volunteer in this class. I wasn't even getting credit, I just loved it. I the, the minute I stepped into the little studio on Cal Poly's campus, I just felt right at home. I knew that journalism was what was meant for me. And something that uh, has always been indicative that something was right for me is that I can't stop thinking about it. I remember I just couldn't stop thinking about journalism and learning more. And you'll see as I go through my story that that's a common thread, uh, that when I can't stop thinking about something, it's usually source, the universe, spirit, God, whoever you want to call it, telling me, hey, pay more attention to this. This is where you're supposed to be going. So I jumped right into journalism right when I got into college and eventually ended up being the student leader for our broadcast department on campus by my junior year. Right around the same time, I got a producing job at the local NBC affiliate KSBY in San Luis Obispo. So I was working every weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday there at the local news station, the NBC station, and then 
doing school and studies four or five days a week at Cal Poly. So basically my whole life was just consumed with learning about journalism, studying journalism, and I just couldn't get enough. Eventually, I got a job on air, my first on-air job in Reno. Some of you might know me from News 4 and Fox 11 in Reno. And uh, started anchoring, reporting there, also did some producing there as well. I was there for two years in Reno. And long story short, as you'll hear a little bit later, did not have the best experience there. But everything happens for a reason. And so when I left my job in Reno, I gave myself, I didn't have another job. I gave myself three months to move back home to Sacramento and really focus on getting a job in my hometown, which was always my goal, always my dream. I was at home in Sacramento, living with my dad and just reaching out to all the local news directors here, trying to get a shot. Eventually, Fox 40 gave me a freelance opportunity to start working on the morning show. So January 3rd, I believe, 2018 was my first day working there, and a week later, I was on air. And uh, as many of you know, I was there for three and a half years, working on the morning show, reporting, anchoring, doing weather, doing traffic, basically getting all the experience I could out of the morning show and enjoying it so much. How did I get into astrology? Because that really plays into the reason why I left news. Well, when I moved back to Sacramento, it was the first time I discovered that you have more than one sign. I always identified as a Virgo, especially because I have my rising sign in Virgo. So Virgo horoscopes were always like so spot on for me. It made me feel really understood. But I went to a friend's birthday party and her older sister was explaining what she was learning about astrology and showed me my birth chart and showed me all my different placements and explained to me the difference between the sun sign, the rising sign, the moon sign. And it just opened up a whole new way of seeing the world for me. Uh, it unlocked a new perspective that I didn't realize I could have. I stopped taking everything so personally and started seeing myself more authentically and started seeing other people more authentically. I was able to give friends and family the benefit of the doubt, understanding, oh, they're not doing this to me. They're acting this way because they're a Cancer, or they're a Sagittarius, or they have a Capricorn moon. It's just part of their DNA. I don't have to take things personally, and I can just allow my friends and family to be who they are and embrace who they are. For the first time, I was really able to relate to people in a different way. And my mantra became, focus on what you can control. That was my mantra pretty much the first year of moving back home, working at Fox 40, because I realized I could only control myself. I couldn't control the other people in my life. I couldn't control whether someone's Capricorn moon makes them a little bit conservative with their emotions or a little bit cold with their emotions. It really was such an empowering discovery when I started to lean into astrology. And it's another instance when I couldn't stop thinking about something. I still can't stop thinking about astrology. Every time I meet someone, I instantly wonder, what's their sign? And I try to guess. And uh, it's a fun little game I play, but it's also a bit of an obsession, <laughs> which makes sense because I have a Scorpio moon. Um, but it just made me realize there was so much more depth to people, and I, I couldn't stop 
analyzing everybody, uh, which makes sense because I'm a Virgo and we overanalyze everything. We have a question from Misbehave. She says, how do you create and read a birth chart? And I want to talk about this right now while I'm talking about my own discovery of astrology um, because it's a really big part of it. So I recommend, I, I love the Astro Twins. I recommend going to their website or just typing in Google Astro Twins free birth chart and just type in your birth information. Make sure you have the exact time you were born or the closest time to when you were born and you can get a free chart through their website. I recommend that site to everybody. How do you read a birth chart is a little bit more of a complicated conversation. I would recommend uh, getting a reading from someone, but that website gives you a little bit of a breakdown of what each placement means. I find that sometimes they're really spot on. Sometimes it's kind of harder to interpret because there's so much information coming at you. Um, but if you can find someone to get a reading from and kind of explain to you in a more approachable way, I would recommend that. And I am toying around with the idea of offering readings pretty soon here. So stay tuned on that. Let's look at some more questions before we move on. Let's see. We have tons of people talking in the chat right now. I'm still trying to figure this chart out, but Cancer represent. See, this is what I love. I told Tyler that he was a Cancer and just said, oh, you probably really love to take care of other people and nurture other people. And he said, oh my gosh, I've never felt so seen. And that's the beauty of astrology. It really can help us embrace what's great about ourselves and also embrace the more challenging aspects of our personality. And it, it just has helped me find so much more acceptance in myself and in other people. So speaking of acceptance, I'm going to share with you a little overview of my own spiritual awakening because I started a show and a brand called The Spiritual Journalist. So we probably have to talk a little bit about spirituality. I've always been someone who dealt with anxiety and depression, um, point blank. I have been dealing with anxiety since I can remember, since I was a very small child. I remember feeling like I couldn't catch my breath and always being in this fight or flight mode, always overanalyzing my surroundings, always trying to please other people by performing and being the best and being the smartest. And then behind closed doors, so that's kind of my Virgo sun playing out, right? Behind closed doors, my Scorpio moon would come out and my emotions would feel so intense and so overwhelming. And I, I touched on my experience working in Reno, but I was in a really toxic, hostile work environment. We had a new boss come in and basically hang me out to dry, used me as an example to everybody else of what would happen if anybody stood up to him or didn't comply. I got demoted, given no reason. Um, I got taken off of anchoring. I got into a cycle of just trying, trying, trying so hard to please this person who would never be pleased with me. And I got into a really deep cycle of depression because of it, because I was trying so hard to be perfect and I never could be. And it started manifesting as anxiety on air as well. Anytime I would be given the opportunity to fill in on the anchor desk that was once mine, I would almost not be able to breathe because I would be so anxious and so wrapped up in thinking about what this person thought of me and the power that he had over me. 
So I fell into a really dark place at the end of my time in Reno. And moving to Sacramento was a huge shift, allowing me to get out of that, allowing me to be free, opening myself up to things like astrology and spirituality. The universe led me back to Fox 40 and Sacramento at the perfect time. I, I truly believe that because a week into working at Fox 40 was my first day on air with my now partner. He was my photographer. It was the first time we met. And it, my first moments on air, I was so nervous. I was coming out of this place of extreme anxiety anytime I went on air. And I just felt so safe and reassured in his presence. Won't get into the nitty gritty of that experience because it was very complicated at the time. We were both in other relationships, uh, but I could not stop thinking about him another sign from the universe that this is the person I was supposed to be with. And I won't get too detailed into this either, but I do believe my partner is my twin flame. If twin flames are something that interests you or um, that you've heard of, I definitely have had a twin flame experience with him, not because it's been this beautiful, awesome, romantic thing all the time, but because being with this person woke me up to the own presence of my soul. And I had to go through a dark night of the soul to do that. So the past year and a half, um, really actually, I shouldn't say the past year and a half because this year has been a lot easier. But 2020 was hard for everybody and it seemed especially hard for me. Um, just going through a lot of my own depression, diving into a lot of my own shadows. But I had this moment at the end of 2020 when i was in deep despair and i just got this message to be the light and that became my mantra it's still my mantra every day i mean i literally made a neon sign and put it on my wall as my backdrop because it's become my life mission because i have a scorpio moon because i experience anxiety and depression and have such deep emotions it can be really easy to dive into my shadows and sit in my shadows and sit in those intense emotions and let them grow and let them take over. But this year has really been the year that I've been able to break free from those cycles just by remembering that it's my job and my purpose to be the light, to embody my light, to share my light with other people. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's my job to perform, right, or, or to show up as this person that I'm not. But I've realized that my most authentic self is when I'm being the light, is my joyful, free self that flows through day to day. So that was a really big shift for me. And I started journaling every day, reaffirming my mantra, reaffirming the things I wanted to call in, really finding faith in the universe and tapping into that constant flow of love all around me all the time. I started connecting with my angel guides more. Um, I started asking for signs from them and receiving signs from them. In difficult moments, I remember probably a few months ago now, I was driving home, I was having a really hard day. And I just said, show me a butterfly, show me a butterfly, show me a butterfly, show me a butterfly. 
I'm almost to my house at this point. Immediately, a butterfly flies right across my windshield. I'm like, oh, okay. But you know, if you ask for signs a lot, sometimes you're like, maybe it was just a coincidence. So then I get home, I pull in my driveway, and I see another butterfly right as I open the door. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right, I got the sign, thank you. And as I'm walking up to my house, a third butterfly, a monarch butterfly, which is always a representation of my grandpa to me. And so it's just opening myself up to those signs, opening myself up to spirituality, to connecting with my guardian angels, really allowed me to open myself up to all the possibilities of my life. I started posting on social media more authentically. I realized I had been posting what I felt I was supposed to be posting. I hadn't been fully showing up as myself online. And because of that, um, I felt stifled. I felt like I wasn't really sharing my personality with people. So I started posting things that felt more authentic. I started posting inspirational quotes. I started sharing when I was having difficult moments. And slowly I started finding a community of people, specifically a community of women who were really focused on the same things as me. That was my intention when I started showing up more authentically on social media to call in my people. And it worked. So if you are looking for a community of people yourself, if you feel like you're not making authentic connections on social media, really observe how you're showing up because that simple shift of just posting things that felt more me called in people who were more aligned to me as well. And I also started following more accounts on social media that involved healing, growth, spirituality, awakening. And a, a big account for me that I started following was The Holistic Psychologist. Highly recommend her work and her book as well. Um, and I realized that there is this great resource online to tap into our healing. What we consume through social media is what we choose to consume. The accounts that we're seeing pop up in our feed are the accounts we have chosen to follow. So I made a really conscious effort to start following accounts about astrology, spirituality, things that were interesting to me. And it was funny because the more authentically I started showing up, the more I started to feel like I wasn't aligning with my current career in news. The stories I was reporting on almost seemed trivial in comparison to what I was learning in my free time, learning about healing childhood trauma, learning about Chiron placements in our astrology charts and how they can show us how to heal ourselves, learning about mental health, learning about spirituality, learning about the 5D. All of these things seemed so much more impactful and helpful than honestly going and reporting on a shooting that killed a person. Of course, I always will feel that news is important. It's important for those stories to be shared. It's important for a local news station to have a presence and cover these things. But I started feeling disconnected from the stories I was sent out to tell. And then I started realizing that if I didn't care, I shouldn't be telling those stories. There are so many people who would kill to have a job as a reporter or an anchor or a producer at a top 20 news station like Fox 40 in Sacramento. And I just felt like I was not doing the job service because I was so interested in other things. I stopped being interested in a lot of the things I was covering 
And then also factor in COVID-19, the pandemic, feeling like every day was almost this repeat of the day before, another school opening, another clinic opening. And quite frankly, because we're being real here, this is a real chat, I got bored. <laughs> I got really bored and I just was showing up and going through the motions and in my free time researching astrology. So I, I just started to notice that my passion for what I was reporting on was dwindling. I still loved the job. I still loved being on air and showing up that way. I, I've always loved communicating with people and uh, talking with people. But it's funny because I started to realize that I wanted to share the full interview I recorded with someone, not just 30 seconds of it. I wanted people to see the full conversation. And that was another big moment for me of, okay, I'm, I'm not sharing content that feels aligned and I'm not telling stories that feel aligned. Or when I am, I just want to share all of it. I want to share the raw, real conversation that I had so people watching can get to know this amazing person I'm talking to on the level that I have, if that makes sense. So I worked at Fox 40 starting in 2018. Fast forward about two years. Uh, in that time, my partner and I started our own video production business, photography, videography, which just kind of flowed naturally, showed up naturally in our lives. And the more we leaned into that, the more we realized how much freedom we could have with all the skills we learned. Because remember, he spent 10 years of his life working at local TV stations as well. Uh, that's how we met, in the wee hours of the morning, right before going live. He ended up leaving his job as a photographer at Fox 40. And once I saw the freedom he had just doing freelance work, editing, going out, shooting video, I really felt, I'll show you on the screen here, I really felt my North Node in Sagittarius kick in. You can see it there in uh, my third house. So the North Node represents our life's purpose, uh, the karmic lessons we are here to learn. That means my South Node, your South Node is always opposite your North Node. My South Node is in Gemini. And that's probably why I'm so comfortable talking and communicating with people. I came into this lifetime as a communicator. I came into this lifetime wanting to teach, wanting to learn. But understanding my North Node allowed me to lean into the energy of freedom a little bit more, lean into the energy of expansion a little bit more, and really open myself up to having more fun because Sagittarius energy is very fun. And I started wanting to explore more, travel more, and just realized that the two weeks time off I got at my job was not going to cut it. I wanted that freedom. I wanted to be able to visit family in other states and stay as long as I wanted and work from anywhere as I was seeing my partner being able to do. So that was a really big push for me to reassess how I was working in the journalism field. And I also felt this urge, of course, to start talking about spirituality and astrology. So I started posting content about those things to my Instagram as well, sort of testing the waters. And slowly, my true self started showing up online. I started to see this vision of myself in my Instagram feed, in my Facebook feed that actually 
felt like it represented me. And by showing up more authentically, I gained a greater understanding of what authenticity actually looks like for me. The hard thing is, when you work for a TV station on air, your online persona reflects on that station. And so I felt like I always had to say the right thing, do the right thing, not say too much, be on my best behavior. Even when I started posting more authentically, posting about astrology, I still felt like I almost had this chain around my ankle of not being able to fully say what I wanted to say. And then I started noticing when I would go into work, how performative the news seemed. Now, this isn't the case for every news station. This isn't the case for every person on air. I've met amazing people. Dina Kupfer is one of them. If you haven't connected with Dina, I highly recommend it. She is someone who shows up as her true self every day. She shines her light. She has found a platform where she feels she can be authentic, which I love seeing. But I just did not feel that way, to be honest. I did not feel like I could fully be myself. And then I started noticing how performative everybody else was being. And this is the tea, you guys. You guys asked for the tea. This is it. The pandemic, I feel, really brought this out of people. I started noticing, not just at my station, but at news stations all over the country, people on air, anchors, reporters, telling viewers what the right thing to do was. Telling viewers they should be wearing a mask. They should get vaccinated. Of course, the CDC, our government, all tell us statistically what the best choice, the healthiest choice for us will be. But I started noticing attribution, such a cornerstone of journalism ethics, was being taken out of the equation. I started noticing, like I said, you should get vaccinated. You should do this. You should go there. And one of my journalism professors, Richard Gearhart, gave me some great wisdom in college that I still think about all the time. We should never be telling people what to do. As a journalist, it is our job to present the information, present the facts in a way that is easy to understand at a fifth grade level so people can make their own decisions with all the information. And I just didn't see that happening a lot of the time. I was also told to wear a cloth mask in the middle of a fire. And I would say, okay, but a cloth mask, this isn't 95. This isn't going to prevent me from breathing in smoke and particulate matter. But I had managers say, well, it looks better. It looks better if you wear a mask on air. It wasn't about my health. It was about the image that we were putting out to the audience. And as I stepped more into my authenticity, doing anything that wasn't authentic felt so wrong. As I started filling in more in studio on weather, I started experiencing a lot of the pressures that many women in the news industry have been feeling for decades now. Someone asked that question. What is it like being a female in the TV news industry? Well, I didn't really fully understand, actually, until I started filling in on weather because I had never regularly shown my full body on air. And that's just the truth of the matter. One of my best friends, she's a meteorologist, and 
basically from the moment she started working in TV. Keep in mind, she's also a brilliant scientist, has her master's in atmospheric science, knows more about the climate than anyone I know. But the minute she started working in TV, she started having her appearance nitpicked. Her hair was too blonde. That black dress didn't pop on air. That wasn't flattering on you. Literally every day she was working with a consultant telling her what to wear and what not to wear. And of course, this was when I worked in Reno. This wasn't affecting me. I felt for her. I had that empathy for her, but I didn't fully understand until I was in a similar position and I was told not to wear a jacket when I was outside because it didn't look as good. And honestly, that one instance, that one comment um, kind of drew a line in the sand for me. And I realized I did not get into journalism to be an attractive blonde on TV. I got into journalism to connect with people and tell stories and help people and give them information that they need. And I just didn't feel like I was doing that anymore. I felt like I was part of this performance of telling people what the right thing to do was, how they should be. And I was over it. I just was simply over it. So what if it's cold? You better wear a jacket. Thank you, Brandy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I just started to realize that my well-being wasn't really part of the equation. It was all about ratings. It was all about getting people to watch. And if my body could be leveraged to do that, that would be asked of me. And I was not willing to leverage my body to gain ratings. Again, this is why I said at the very beginning of this episode, I was hesitant to tell this story because I didn't want to burn any bridges, but the universe sent me a sign yesterday telling me to let the floodgates open. So here we are. I actually got some other questions about the journalism industry that I'm going to answer right now before I get into my vision for the spiritual journalist, why I started this show, and then I'll answer some more of your questions at the end. Len, who's been one of my followers for such a long time, uh, since I was in college at Cal Poly, actually asked, it's rare for someone to graduate from college and go on to a career in journalism and even rarer to succeed at it, which is totally true. Yet many successful journalists have left the industry early in their careers. Is there something about a career in television that we just don't learn in college? Because keep in mind, Len also studied journalism, so he's very well versed on journalism ethics and, and the principles of journalism. Is there something about a career that you don't learn in college? Well, I was very lucky to have professors at Cal Poly who made it clear that you don't get into this industry for the money. It's funny because so many of my friends, family, my parents' friends would see me working on TV at a top 20 market in Sacramento and think, oh my gosh, she's doing so well. She's probably making all this money. I would get asked all the time, do you get your hair and makeup done? It's like, the only person doing my hair and makeup is me, usually in the front seat of my car or the passenger seat of the car in the visor mirror. Like that's, that's my routine for doing my makeup. Um, and there were times that I didn't even have time to do all my makeup before I went on air at 4.30 a.m. So that's one thing that you might not realize about journalism. It's not this glamorous career that so many people think it is just because they see us on TV. It's a lot of hard work. 
It's a lot of hard hours. The shifts in journalism are usually very difficult. You don't get holidays off. And the pay probably hasn't changed since 1990. You know, I had a friend nannying who was making more money than me as a morning reporter in a top 20 market. So that just gives you an idea of how much money I was making. And once I started doing more freelance work, I realized like, oh, I can get paid a lot more just working directly with people and, and helping them with their own video content and helping tell their stories. I think something else you don't necessarily learn in college, as a woman at least, is the expectations that are set on you for your appearance. And not just because of comments like the one I told you about, but because there is a certain standard. There are literally consultants that come into news stations and tell you to wear solid colors or wear a pencil dress. This is what looks most flattering on air, which is true. A lot of their commentary is very helpful and is backed by data. You know, the colors you wear, things like that. The whole goal with consultants or the goal that I originally subscribed to was that our appearance isn't supposed to be distracting. People are supposed to focus on what we're saying, the information we're giving. Our appearance is supposed to look clean and polished so that it's not a distraction and people can just focus on the information, which sounds great. I don't think that's always the case. And so I realized towards the end of my time at Fox 40 that what I was wearing when I was filling in on weather, I just wanted to wear pants. Like, I just really wanted to wear pants. And one day I was, honestly, I think it was after the jacket comment, one day I was kind of pissed. And I was like, I'm just going to wear pants tomorrow. Keep in mind, no one has ever told me you can't wear pants. Like, that never happened. You're allowed to wear pants. But the fact that I almost saw that as a sign of rebellion, me wearing pants, I was like, oh my gosh, I am so wrapped up in all of these standards that are set on us as on-air talent, what we're supposed to look like, what we're supposed to wear. And that was a big wake-up call for me too. Like wearing pants should not be an act of rebellion. Not that I, again, I wouldn't have gotten in trouble if I wore pants. I wouldn't have, there wouldn't have been any repercussions, but I just knew, you know, that programming of working in this industry for so long, I knew that a pencil dress or a pencil skirt and a top would look the best on air and would kind of sell the image that we've been taught to sell, right? That we're put together, that we're not being distracting. So there are a lot of things that, you know, my professors tried to warn us, you're not going to get paid a lot. They were very upfront with us about having a thick skin, being able to accept criticism from your bosses, being able to accept criticism from viewers which is a whole other ball game. And another thing they probably don't teach you in most journalism programs in college, there's a lot of criticism that you face just because of the exposure you're getting from being on air. And that criticism only amplified in recent years when the fake news movement started. I can't tell you how many times I was harassed just reporting on a story, like the basics of a story. Um, most recently, it was election day, and I was outside of a polling place all morning and three separate times had to 
stop my live shot or send it back to the studio because grown men were yelling at me while I was trying to report and harassing me, criticizing me, calling me the fake news, basically diminishing my credibility. Um, and I mean, that's not fun, but it's also very disheartening when I've been awake since 2.30 in the morning and devoting so much of my time and energy to putting out accurate information for people to just automatically believe that it's false and that it's all part of this mainstream media agenda to influence people. That is not my experience. I've never experienced anything like that. Um, as far as the information we're putting out, having guidelines on how it should be presented. That's a whole other conversation for another time. But I start, started seeing people lose faith in journalism as well, and it made it really hard for me to keep the faith and um, keep showing up with integrity and without fear of being harassed or even worse. We know that it's one of the most dangerous times right now to be a journalist just because of the faith people have lost in the profession. And um, that's something I did not foresee when I got into this career. Justin asked, is this something you wanted to do sooner and just didn't have the time or was this always the end goal about starting my own show? It's funny, I love this question because I've realized as I've launched The Spiritual Journalist, that this is something I always wanted to do. I mean, I've always said I wanted my own show. I've always said like, I'm gonna be the next Oprah. I'm gonna have my own talk show. That was kind of something I always manifested for myself since I was a little girl. And I always loved blogging as well. I got super into blogging in college and just on my free time started a gratitude blog, started sharing my voice through a blog. And it's funny now what I'm doing every day for the spiritual journalist, for my astrology live stream, is so aligned with all of these hobbies I've always had and all of these things I've always wanted to do. So it wasn't like I had this, this is what I'm going to make happen and this is how it's going to go. But I had this nudge, this urge to start something, to try something new. And as I followed it more, all of these things that I always loved to do, all these visions I always had, all these things I had always manifested for myself started kind of falling into place. So it's not something I necessarily wanted to do sooner. I feel really happy with the timing of everything. I feel really happy about the experience I got at Fox 40. It was literally my dream job to come home and work at my local TV station that I grew up watching. And that dream came true. I got to live out that dream. And I am so grateful for that experience. Um, so no, I didn't want to do this any sooner, but I guess, yes, this always was the end goal to work for myself, to create content that feels authentic and to share my authentic voice and connect with people who have inspiring stories to share. That was always the end goal. And that's really the goal behind the spiritual journalist. So I'll tell you how this whole idea came to be now. I started following astrology more closely in the past couple years as I started understanding myself better, as I started understanding my friends and family better. I just had this insatiable thirst to learn more about astrology. And I got this intuitive hit probably six months ago 
to start tweeting about the daily transits and, and tracking them that way and learning that way because writing is a really great way of learning for me. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to start doing daily tweets about the transits and see where that takes me. Just learn that way. Learn to forecast astrology a little bit better by doing. Cal Poly's motto is learn by doing and I live by it every day. And then I randomly like was taking a shower because I get like great ideas in the shower. And I had this vision of this desk that I refurbished in college, my favorite desk. I love it so much. It had been in our living room and my partner was using it to work from because he worked from home. But I had this vision of it in our spare room and setting up this room, our old spare room as my office. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And so thought about it thought kept popping up and I was like, maybe I do need my own office. If I'm going to start creating my own content, doing more astrology posts, I should probably have my own little space to come create. And I had also leaned more into journaling and meditation and yoga earlier this year. And so I was like, I need a little sanctuary, a little place I can come to meditate and just be alone with my thoughts. So I followed that little vision that came through. And then I started journaling every day earlier this year, and maybe I'll share my journal practice that I do daily in another video, but I started writing down 11 dreams I made happen, and I'd write them down every day, and I'd write them down in past tense. Rachel Hollis uh, promotes this practice in her Start Today journals, so that's how I learned about it, because writing things as if they already happened trains your brain to start operating as if they already have. So I started writing down things like I have given a TED talk because that was my goal, but I wrote it down as if it already happened. And I started writing every single day, I am the spiritual journalist. Every day. I've written that down every day since I think April of this year, pretty much. And so the more I wrote it down, the clearer the vision became. I didn't know what that even meant. In fact, the spiritual journalist came to me, another intuitive download or hit. I was driving home from working in Stockton one morning, and I had been listening to the Holistic Psychologist podcast, following all of her content, sharing all of her content with everybody I knew because it's so life-changing and transformative. If you don't follow her, I highly recommend it. And then I was like, I love that name, the holistic psychologist, because it's just so clear what she is, what her mission is, what she does. Like, you don't have to read into it to understand it. And then it was just like, you're the spiritual journalist. I, I always have identified as a journalist, and I don't think I'll ever stop identifying as a journalist. I enjoy being that bridge, that messenger, that middleman between someone who has knowledge and someone who's seeking understanding, between someone with an inspiring story, and someone who's curious. And I also love allowing people to form their own beliefs. I'm not here to tell people what to believe. It's just my job to connect them with information of the highest good. So I knew I didn't want to stop identifying as a journalist. I am a journalist. I think I'll always be a journalist because I've, I'll always want to keep learning and sharing what I'm learning. But adding that spiritual component to it just seemed like such an easy way for people to understand what my mission was and what I was doing. So the spiritual journalist came through and I wasn't like, yep, this is it. I'm starting a show. I just knew like, that's a name. That's, that's something I need to remember. 
And then I started writing it down every day. And then the show and the format became clearer and clearer over time. And I realized that I really loved the morning show format. I loved the opportunity and the privilege to wake up with people every day and start their day on a positive note, be that presence in their lives. I really appreciated that opportunity. And so I thought, you know, maybe I could create a morning show for people like me, for people who are curious, for people who love astrology, for people who want to have deeper conversations and talk about manifestation and talk about the energy of the day. So I had this idea, the spiritual journalist, a morning show for the spiritual, a morning show for the curious. This it wasn't even the original format that I had dreamed up in my mind. But just holding that vision, writing down, I am the spiritual journalist every day, made it clearer and clearer every day. So that's kind of how I came up with the show. Like I said, I will always identify as a journalist. I am a deeply curious person. I love having conversation with people. My favorite part of working as a TV journalist was always meeting new people at the stories I was reporting on and, and hearing their stories. And it's funny because if you've ever worked in news or, or if you've watched the news, you know that a lot of times the stories that you see on air are maximum a minute and a half to two minutes long. But I would always ask way more questions than I needed to for the interview. My photographers probably were so annoyed because I would have these like half hour to 45 minute interviews sometimes because I was just so curious about the person's story I was talking to. I wanted to know why they got into the field they got into or how they learned all the things they learned. I really wanted to dive deep with every single person I talked to. And then most of the time, all of that footage would never be used because I only had a minute and a half to tell the story. So I've always loved journalism. I will always love journalism. I will always value local journalism. I think that local journalism is a cornerstone of our democracy. I think that we're incredibly lucky to live in a society where we have a free press. And especially if you feel a little bit disillusioned by news, I would say lean into local news. Local news is a level that is probably the least manipulated. I don't want to insinuate that mainstream news is manipulated because I've never worked in mainstream news. I don't know firsthand what the back end of that looks like. But I can tell you from my experience working at three different local news stations across the West Coast that there isn't this agenda. It's a collection of really good-hearted people in almost every newsroom who really are deeply devoted to their craft and want to help others and want to get accurate, useful information out to the public. People in journalism, I think a lot of journalists are like angels. They work for usually minimal pay, they work hard hours, and it's a very selfless job. It's a very service-based job. So I don't want to make it seem like I don't believe in local news. I do believe in local news. I think it's incredibly important, and I think that we should continue to support it. And I value it so much that when I started feeling like I wasn't aligned with it and I wasn't interested in the stories I was being assigned to that I needed to get out because I do value that job. And somebody who is interested in telling those stories needs to be the one to tell them. 
I hope that makes sense. So I found a new way of journalism. I found a new way to do what I love and to share my, my craft and to share my voice. Uh, and I also found an opportunity to share perspectives beyond the mainstream, to talk about things that are not rooted in fact, because the fact of the matter is in local news, in traditional journalism, everything is based in fact which is important, which is good. But I wanted to talk about aliens. I wanted to talk about energy. I wanted to talk about spirituality, manifestation, the planets, astral projection. I wanted to talk about the woo-woo. I want to talk about ghosts. <laughs> I like love ghost stories. Um, my, my mom grew up in haunted houses. And so I've always been open to these things. I've always loved talking about philosophy, religion, things that you really can't talk about on the local news, A, because there's not the time for it, and B, because that's not the purpose of local news. It's just simply not what that programming is made for. So I came up with a new mission to be the bridge between the spiritual and the curious, to share things that have helped me and expanded my perspectives with other people, and to tell these raw, deep, beautiful stories through long-form interviews that might help other people shift their perspectives as well and help people see things in a new light. That's really my ultimate goal, is to help people expand their horizons and think a little bit differently. Maybe learn something that they wouldn't have learned otherwise. So that's kind of my mission behind the spiritual journalist. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing every day. That's why I keep showing up here. And I wanted it to be a live stream format because it's more raw. It's more authentic. I've just been sitting here talking to you live for the past almost hour now, responding to your comments. This isn't just a show for me. This is a show for all of us. This is your show too. If you have ideas for topics you want to talk about, let me know. Message me on Instagram. Put it in the comments. Um, if you want to learn more about something, let me know. Like This is your show too. And I really wanted to create a community where we can all learn together because I don't have it all figured out. I am still in the middle of my spiritual journey and I probably always will be. I am a devoted student of life and I want to keep learning as much as I can. So this isn't just a show where I bring you along and share everything I've learned. This is an opportunity to learn alongside me and help me learn as well. That's why I created this. That's why I started The Spiritual Journalist. And I'm so grateful for everybody who has been so supportive, so receptive, so encouraging, and who just gets it and understands that this is a place for them too and feels aligned with the content I'm creating. It's just been such a wonderful experience so far, and I can't wait to see where it takes me in the future. So let's finish this out with some q and I'm going to respond to some questions that people commented on Instagram and Facebook first, and then I'll go through the live chat and respond to your questions that are coming in as well. Courtney from Bravely Beautiful Brand said, what was the scariest part about making the shift? Great question. Love this question. And I love that you asked it because you're all about sharing the, the darkness, the scariness, the fear, and just being real about it. The scariest part about making the shift, aside from, you know, leaving a stable job, leaving the security, um, I wouldn't say it was the scariest part, but 
the biggest challenge for me probably so far has been releasing other people's opinions of me. I know by doing this that I'm going to lose followers, that I'm probably going to trigger some people, piss people off. I've already had people um, try to tell me that what I'm doing is demonic or dark or conflicts with their religion. And again, I'm not here to tell you what to believe. I respect your religion. If you have found something that works for you and helps you tap into that loving presence of God, then you are on the right path and I'm so happy for you. So I guess the the biggest challenge or the scariest part has been releasing other people's opinions and realizing that I'm going to lose a lot of the following that I've been working to gain for the past five, six years. Um, but I also recognize that by losing some people, I'm making space for people who are actually more aligned with my beliefs and actually like the real me, the authentic me. Brian said, how do you unwind after a challenging day or week? Well, spilling the tea here, I usually like to smoke some marijuana. That's how I unwind. It's been a huge help for me as an anxious person. Um, yeah, plain and simple. That's how I unwind. That's how I relax. That's how I quiet this craziness always going on in my head. Um, yeah, that's, and, and if you've never tried it, I recommend doing it in a safe setting, trying it, seeing if it's for you. If it's not, totally respect that too. Kat asked, do you have a ritual or something you do to speak so effortlessly? Not really. <laughs> I don't. Um, actually, Kat was our first guest on the show last week. And during my healing session with her last week, she invited me to try this practice, which I've been doing now before every live stream of taking three deep breaths and the first deep breath, just clearing my own aura, clearing my own energy. The second deep breath, imagining my light, my voice expanding across my entire community, across Sacramento, across California. And then the third deep breath, imagining my voice, imagining my light expanding all over the world. And that really has helped me get into a calmer place before I start these live streams because I tend to talk really fast and just get going. So that helps a lot. But speaking has never been a problem for me. <laughs> it's always come too effortlessly. Um, my When I was a baby, my first like real word was hi. And I started talking really early. And I was also like really, really small as a baby. Like I'm, I'm a really small person, but especially as a child, I was like in the zero percentile for height and weight. So I think when I was a year old, I was like 18 pounds. I was like so tiny. So when I started talking, my mom said that I would look like this really young baby. And then people would come up to me in the grocery store or whatever and be like, oh, hi. And I'd be like, hi. <laughs> and they would be freaked out because they did not expect me to be able to talk. So Talking has come very easily to me my whole life. And in fact, I would say learning when not to speak, learning to be quiet, learning to listen more has been more of a learning journey for me, more of a challenge for me than talking. I can fill any silence. I can talk to no end, as you've seen with these shows, with my daily live streams. Um, so I think the only thing that has really helped me speak more effortlessly is being more authentic. And, um, you know, when I moved back home to Sacramento and came off of that experience of, of extreme anxiety on air and such a toxic work environment, 
I really had to take time to find my voice again because I was really worried about going on air and not being able to breathe. And so here is a tip. If you are trying to enhance your speaking skills or find that voice that feels good to you, I would just be driving around Sacramento in my car and I would just start narrating what I was seeing. So I would start reading the signs on the freeway or being like, the car in front of me is slowing down right now and blah, blah, blah. Like I would just talk to myself. Um, and that really helped me to get into a flow and find more ease in my voice ahead of starting to work at another news station. So that would be my tip if you're looking to make public speaking or talking a little bit easier. Practice by yourself, practice in the mirror, get really comfortable hearing your own voice, practice your delivery so when you are in a higher stress speaking situation, it can come more naturally. Kat also asked, do you plan your schedule around what's happening in the cosmos? Because I'm so tapped into astrology, especially since I started tracking the transits every day and tweeting about them and now doing a live stream on them. I don't necessarily plan my schedule around it, but I do find that the more closely I follow the transits, the more that my schedule kind of automatically flows with them or the more the timing of everything in my life aligns to them. So I started daily live streams on the new moon, not because I knew, okay, it's a new moon, I'm gonna start a new project. It just kind of worked out that way. Um, and then, you know, my first episode of The Spiritual Journalist was on 11.11, this portal, but it also happened to be the first quarter moon, which invites us to take action towards our goals. So the more I just tap into the energy of the universe, the energy of astrology, the more I start to see synchronicities between my life and what's happening in the planets and in the cosmos. Brinkley asked, what is this irritable energy that's happening? I love it. I love that we're feeling the irritable energy. So we do have an eclipse tomorrow morning at 1 a.m., which is kind of shaking things up. We have eclipse season starting. The next new moon in Sagittarius is also an eclipse. So eclipses can, historically, they've been times where natural disasters have happened or there's a shift in power. There's a shift in government. Kings are dethroned. Um, so you might be starting to feel that energy. We also, yesterday and today, have had an opposition between Mars and Uranus, which can make us a little bit more irritable, a little moodier, a little angrier. And this week has had some difficult transits. If you want to tap more into that energy and understand why you're feeling the way you're feeling, I would recommend watching my daily transit live stream uh, that's on this same channel or just heading over to my Instagram. I post little clips from there every day. All right, let me answer some of your questions in the chat as well, or just see what everybody's saying. Yeah, my mom's here, <laughs> and she's talking about uh, when I was little, when I first started talking, she started, she nicknamed me Dolly and still calls me Dolly because I looked like a little baby doll that was able to talk because I was so small. Um, let's see, Robert, use the edibles, but pretty much the same. Yeah, I mean, you can't knock it till you try it, right? And I don't drink alcohol very much, um, just on rare occasions. I'm, I don't like wine. I know a lot of people unwind with a glass of wine. That's not my thing, but I have found something that works great for me. And um, if you're an anxious person or a high stress person, 
I recommend trying marijuana once, go to a dispensary, ask the people there if, if you live in a state where you can buy it legally for their advice of exactly what you're looking for. They can point you towards a strain or a product that will be suited for you. Or if you're like, eh, I don't wanna like have the head high, I don't wanna get paranoid, try CBD. CBD does not have THC, it's not psychoactive, and it's really beneficial for a lot of my friends and family who don't want to necessarily consume um, anything psychoactive but want to sleep better or just calm down. I know a lot of people who love CBD. Robert said, you are so great at journalism that now that you were doing this, you were able to present astrology in a way that's more comprehensive, easier to understand, and brings us along on the journey. Thank you so much, Robert. That is really my ultimate goal. I, like I said, I'll always identify as a journalist, and in that sense, I want to make these topics easy to understand. I've been trained to present information at a level that a fifth grader can understand, so I'm never going to use big words or say things that... I'll, I'll try to never say things that just go right over your head. Um, that's really my goal, and I am so grateful that you, you can see that. <laughs> yes. Brandy, your Olivia Newton-John Sandy-inspired outfit loved the black leather pants. So I dressed up as Sandy for Halloween, but this is a funny story because I remember one day I was filling in at Fox 40 in studio, but I also had to go out in the field later in the day. So I wore these same pants that I have that like for the Sandy costume very much look like Sandy pants. And I got a lot of comments from people about the pants. And that's another reason why I was like, do I want to wear pants? I feel like it's just drawing too much attention to my body. Like I'd, I'd rather just go with the flow, wear the pencil dress, wear what I'm supposed to wear because I just don't want that attention, to be honest. Yeah, Brandy also used to work at Fox 40, another person who has left her job recently. And she said when she first started working there, she was surprised we did our own hair and makeup. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's something a lot of people don't realize. Oh, and Brandy, this wisdom, the bridges we burn only light our way. Oh, yes, amen to that. Not trying to burn any bridges here, not trying to call anybody out. I'm just speaking my truth, and if it burns a bridge, like you said, it's only here to light the way. Oh, well, this has been great. If anybody has any last minute questions, pop them in right now. I love seeing all of your commentary, seeing people talking about how they've experienced the same things as me. I feel so, so grateful that you've all been here to hear my story and understand where I'm coming from, understand my vision for this huge new venture that I am embarking on. So while any last minute questions come through, let's pull a card. This is from the Starseed Oracle by uh, Rebecca Campbell. I love all of her decks. They're always so beautiful. So as with every episode, we'll end with a card pull and see what we need to know for today. All right, what do we need to know? <sighs> okay, okay. This, I don't understand the card right away. I'm definitely going to read the description for you, but I have a feeling it's going to, to resonate and be spot on. We, the Hathors, I think is what it says, deep love, mother's milk, birth as a portal. How interesting. Okay, let's figure out what, what the meaning of this card is. We, the Hathors, 
Deep love, mother's milk, birth as a portal. Birth is a portal that ushers in new life. The Hathors are here to remind you that you're a child of the cosmic mother and you're being called to be held by her deep, never-ending love and embrace. This is a tender and nourishing card, reminding you to receive the deep, deep love of the mother's embrace. The Hathors know that the journey on earth can be rocky and lonely at times, but you're being reminded to rest more deeply in the mother's arms. This is a card of extreme potency, of femininity, of creation, and of birth. You're being called to mother yourself and others too, to surrender to your sacred femininity, to create and surrender to your own creations, to hold and be held. You're being called to remember your place in the web of life and to realize that the cosmic mother is watching you every step of the way. You may be going through a transition right now, moving from one way of being to another. If so, you're being reminded that you're cradled in a sacred container, that you're more held than you can possibly imagine, and you have access to more love in, than your heart can bear. If you're struggling in any way, you're being reassured that things will work out. Open yourself to receiving the overflowing love of the Cosmic Mother flooding toward you from every direction. Let it stretch your heart. Ah! So perfect, birthing in this new creation, feeling supported by the universe in the process, the universe literally telling me to do this show today, sending me a very clear sign yesterday. And uh, so reassuring, so reassuring. You're cradled in a sacred container. I love that. And I hope that that message resonated with you too. If you needed a message today, um, it definitely resonated with me, with everything we've been talking about today, with why I believe I was put here on this earth to create this connection with you, create this community with you. And now I just feel so supported by the universe because I pulled this card. So thank you so much for tuning in to this live stream. Thank you for witnessing my story, hearing my story, holding space for me, allowing me to be my most authentic self and supporting me every step of the way. All of the encouragement, all of the support I've gotten over the past couple weeks means the absolute world to me and tells me that I am on the right path and I'm doing what I'm here to do. So I hope to see you in the next episode. I hope to see you on our daily transit live streams as well. And until then, stay curious. Thank you so much for joining our discussion today. If you enjoyed this episode of The Spiritual Journalist, you can find more on thespiritualjournalist.com or you can listen to our conversations wherever you enjoy podcasts. And if you want to learn more about astrology, join me live every weekday morning on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for Today's Transits, where we break down the energy of the day based on the movement of the planets and start our morning off in a high vibe. All of the information we share on The Spiritual Journalist is completely free to you. So if you'd like to support more content like this, the easiest way to do so is to subscribe to our YouTube page. Just search The Spiritual Journalist. Or if you're feeling extra generous, you can buy me a coffee to fuel future live streams. Just tap the link in the description or head to buymeacoffee.com and search The Spiritual Journalist. I'm so grateful you found us here and I can't wait for our next conversation.